You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day for Friday, June 17th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but also certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. If you want to follow me on Twitter, of course, as always, thought my video stumbled for a second there. I mean, it is probably stumbling for you guys. You know, my connection isn't the best. But uh, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, that's at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres for live tweet breakdowns of the games and whatnot. Um... Episode is a little bit late today, I won't lie, so I'm trying to get right into it and whatnot, guys. Of course, go check out Just Baseball. That's where you might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work. Um, This week, talked about Joe Musgrove um, on the podcast. That was my last episode on Thursday, and I recorded it on, like, a Monday. And we're going to be talking about him especially. Um, We're going to be recapping this series, and it's been a while since I've done a recap of a series that wasn't a weekend series. Because that's usually just how my content schedule goes. And what have you. I'm usually, you know, I don't do episodes on the weekend, so that's usually just what ends up happening. But because of this week, talking with Arm, talking about Joe Musgrove, talking about whatever the heck else I, I talked about. I did prospect stuff. What else did I do? What else did I do this week? Oh yeah, the All-Star bout. That's right, I did do that too. Um, and I had some interesting takes on there. But we're going to be talking about the first, the latest game, I should say. The last game of the series first and then working our way backwards. And talking about any takeaways that I might have had from your San Diego Padres who swept the Chicago Cubs. I'm going to say that as many times as I can. Swept. Sweeped. I mean, it was it was lovely, ladies and gentlemen. So first, let's talk about the most recent game. On what is it? It was Wednesday? No, I'm sorry. It was Thursday, uh, June 16th, obviously. Uh, in this game, just mentioned that we talked about, about Joe Musgrove the other day. If you want a full breakdown on that, go ahead. In this game, seven innings, two earned runs on five hits, one walk, nine strikeouts. Do not worry. I did not jinx him. I was a little bit worried because in this game, Musgrove actually starts off a little bit shaky, allowing a home run to Christopher Morell, who I had not heard of literally at all before this game, and then he actually lets Andrelton Simmons in the bottom of the second inning after getting hit a little bit. Andrelton Simmons, who is one of the great defensive players of our generation, don't get me wrong, but certainly a porous uh, a bat, uh, to say the least, right? An anemic at bat. I don't know why I'm being mean to Andrelton Simmons. Not quite sure. But anyway, uh, he singles in a, a run, and I was a little bit worried. I was like, oh, man. And today's episode is talking about Musgrove. It was an all-Musgrove podcast. It's out, and I bet everyone's making fun of me. They're saying, oh, my God, that locked-on Padres fool. But then he bounces back big. He has an inning in which he strikes out all three batters. It was something to see for sure. Um, Obviously, ending up with those nine strikeouts was awesome. It was the bottom of the fourth inning. Um, Or not bottom of the fourth, let's see. It was the bottom of the third. So right after giving up those runs, bottom of the third, gets Ian Happ, Patrick Wisdom, and Rafael Ortega. Not the most intimidating names in the world, I understand, but nonetheless, love to see Musgrove bounce back. Quality start after quality start this year. I said before, not like quality start is the best stat in the world to judge pitchers, but based on this team, based on the fact that they can go out and know that this guy is going to give them, at minimum, six innings of really high-quality baseball, getting a decent amount of strikeouts every time, not walking too many batters, and most importantly, not giving up that many runs. I don't think he's even given up 
three runs this season. Heck, uh, his ERA went up after this game from 1.5 to 1.59. Who cares? That's what I say about that. Uh, but nonetheless, just an incredible start for Musgrove yet again, who is showing that he's going to get paid this offseason. Let me tell you. Go check out the podcast from yesterday if you want to hear more of my thoughts on that. In this game, though, we get a home run from Jerks and Profar and Nomar Mazzara. Nomar Mazzara, let's talk about him really quickly. Two for three in this game. He's got 350 batting average right now. 395 on base. He's slugging 475. He's got a home run now. Two walks, six Ks. The way I viewed it, I said this on a, a previous podcast episode, Mazzara, I actually really like him as a fill-in option. I don't think he's the future of the Padres. I do not think he is a future starting option in right field. Uh, we'll have to see how the Will Myers situation breaks down. But I will say, what is likely going to be a trade deadline season in which the Padres try to acquire another outfielder, preferably right field it looks like, um, heck, maybe even center field at this rate, right? Um, with Trent Grisham struggling at the plate. Um but I think that Mazzara, until then, is a very solid um, fill-in. He's had his, he's hit for some power before. Definitely disappointing. But this isn't, say, Brett Lowry. I don't know why that name came to mind, where it's just the on-base isn't um, caring and whatnot. I actually think he can generate at least a few walks sometimes. And back with the Rangers, three seasons in a row when he hit 20 home runs. Exactly, 20 home runs, three seasons in a row. So he has some power. Not the best defense. He's not, not the best player in the world. But as a fill-in guy feeling pretty good about it and he was really raking in AAA before the Padres called him up so maybe there's some slight tiny bit um possibility that he may have figured things out I don't know that's not necessarily something that happens for the Padres organization guys don't struggle elsewhere and come here and become great that just doesn't seem to be uh what has been happening uh for the most part of the last decade for the Padres but anyway guys um, other RBIs in this game coming from Jake Cronenworth, who had another double in this series. He also had two walks in this game, which is great. Cronenworth's back, man. Cronenworth's back. And I don't know if maybe he was playing with an injury to beginning uh, this year. I had tweeted actually from the Lockdown Padres account that over his last 13 games, he had something like a 380, 450 on base and then like a 500 slugging over his last 13 games. I accidentally stupidly deleted the tweet because I was going to quote tweet it and say, uh, today's numbers, he went, he had two more doubles, but I mean, in this series, he was just on fire in three out of the four games. He had multiple hits and the one game that he didn't have multiple hits, he drew two walks. He also, um, had what's it called four doubles. It looks like in this series. So Cronenworth hopefully is back. And that's huge for this team, considering that the first baseman is going back to his regular stuff. Well, so is Jake Cronenworth, but in the positive way. So, love to see that from Cronenworth. That would probably be my biggest takeaway, honestly, of the entire series. So, that was really great. Luis Garcia, they do a good job. Taylor Rogers gives up a run. No walks, no strikeouts, but it was okay because they had a lead. I mentioned Jerks and Profar hit a solo shot in this game. I also mentioned that he's certainly, like, if you want to just be Homer and pick him for the All-Star game, I would understand it. There's a possibility that he does make it, I'd say, maybe as a reserve, which is just awesome. And I think that that's why, personally, I'm rooting for him so far, so hard right now. 259, or 253, 349, 436 slash line on the year, hitting for a decent amount of power, obviously. Four more home runs already this season than he had last year with eight. He's got 35 walks to 44 strikeouts, four stolen bases, the walk-to-strikeout ratio is great. It's always been pretty good for Jerks and Profar, but he's just making better contact. He's having better at-bats for the most part. He does swing at some dumb ones when it looks like he's trying too much, but uh, Profar also playing a really good left field. I've I've loved every second of it. He has really stepped up 
for the Padres this season. And it's basically all there is to say about that first game. And we got three more games to cover, ladies and gentlemen. Three more games to cover. And a lot of them, uh, hold on a second, two of them, I should say, with a whole lot of offense and with one guy that I have been talking about a whole lot. Uh, this past offseason, I thought that he was a great trade piece. I thought that he made a lot of sense for the team. And, of course, he started off a little bit slow. Is he catching fire now? I don't know. I don't necessarily know, ladies and gentlemen. But before we get into the rest of those games and kind of you know recap and give my thoughts, guys, let me talk to you about something that I try to take every day. That is athletic greens. And it's basically kind of like, let's... Let's call it a protein boost, dare I say, guys. Uh, I started taking it because I want to help my immune system get a little bit healthier and whatnot. And with just one scoop every day, guys, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day off right. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Don't know why I struggled with pronouncing paleo for a second. Uh, and it's got tons of people, you know, taking some kind of multivitamin out there. And it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. And guys, to make it easy for you, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Woo! Woo-wee. Woo-wee. And guys, be free, feel free to go check out the LockedOnPodcast.com uh, slash survey right now and fill out a survey, answer a bunch of questions about what you like about the podcast. You'll be entered into a contest to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. So be sure to do that, ladies and gentlemen. And now, which game do we talk about first, right? Which game do we talk about first? Let's talk about Wednesday's game, um, actually. Or... Mm, yeah, let's talk about Wednesday's game. We're going to talk about the one offensive explosion game, then go to a, a little bit quieter game, then go back to another offensive explosion. Uh, Wednesday's game. Awesome stuff. Because the Padres in this game, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, they needed the offense to show up because Ryan Weathers, who I believe just got optioned, I, I think got optioned after this start, he was bad. Three and two-thirds innings, four earned runs on six hits, four walks, which is really disappointing, and three strikeouts, his 9.82 ERA. Weathers is one of the harder guys to kind of gauge right now in terms of what his value is because last year he was up and, you know, he did get a little bit lucky. We knew that uh, early on in the year. A lot of his expected stats were suggesting, you know, he was not like he was throwing the ball 8 million miles an hour. He wasn't getting guys to whiff on too many pitches. Maybe it was just good defense and, like I said, just luck. And he was atrocious basically ever since the deadline. I mean, Ryan Weathers was looking like a rookie of the year guy. And now I don't know what the heck this guy's value is. He was struggling in AAA anyway uh, before the Padres called him up. It's not like he was doing great and he just came back to the league and, you know, Colorado or, or a, a great offense. Let's say, you know, the Mets like absolutely torched him. It's like the Chicago Cubs have been struggling this year. They don't really have all that great of an offense. They're 16th in batting average, 12th in on base, which isn't bad, but 21st in runs, 17th in home runs, and 15th in slugging percentage, and their pitching ain't no good either. So very surprising to see that. 
um, that Profar, I'm sorry, not Profar, that Ryan Weathers just couldn't at least give a little bit for the Padres. So they're down by a lot of one, runs, ones. Uh, Craig Stammen comes in, gives up another run. But that was it, ladies and gentlemen. That was it. I actually missed a decent amount of this game as I was traveling to the city uh, for work purposes. But let's just talk about it, guys. I did see the inning that mattered. I did. I promise you that. I actually got back. I entered my friend's house, who I was staying over uh, with for the night, uh, to prepare. Let me make sure that I get uh, the right inning. I just want to make sure. Was it this one? Where is the inning? Where's the inning? Huh. I forgot which inning it is that the Padres' offensive explosion takes place. I believe it is the top of the fourth that I get to my friend's house. Jerks and Profar, singles and a run. And then Jake Cronenworth hits a big double. That was very nice. And then you get Jorge Alfaro after the first baseman, who must not be named, gets a single. Then Alfaro hits a double. Mazzara drives in one. Hassan Kim gets a triple. Trent Grisham gets a sack fly. And then Machado, I did see this, hits a titanic home run to deep left center. Um, that was awesome stuff to see. And then later on in the game, Luke Voigt manages to get a double. Machado reaches on an infield single. The first baseman, even in on ground out, gets an RBI. Jorge Alfaro gets in on the action. Luke Voigt then hits a home run later on in the game. I actually had a fun tweet that people liked about how I was begging Luke Voigt to replace my organs with Rice Krispie treats and to then run me over with a four at F-150 because that's how hyped I was for him breaking the ties and whatnot. Um, so in this game, it was really cool to see that even in a bullpen day, essentially, uh, we got to see the debut of one Kyle Tyler uh, in this game, which is cool. He was fine. Two innings, one hit, you know, strikeout. That's pretty good to me. Pretty good to me. Actually, it wasn't his debut. He actually made his G debut June 15th, but hopefully he could be something, right? We need some bullpen reinforcements, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much else to say. Jorge Alfaro on the year, it does have to be mentioned that he's hitting 284 with a 322 on base and a 486 slugging right now. That's like, and his strikeout rate is still bad, but again, as a backup catcher, I like this guy, and I still think Campizano deserves a shot, and maybe, maybe, later on in the season, maybe if Austin Nola still isn't hitting very well, I could see maybe they call up Campizano, maybe something happens with Austin Nola, or we switch things around and whatnot, and they say, we'll switch between these two guys, because Alfaro, as a backup, has been pretty solid. I mean, it's his highest on-base percentage as of right now, since it looks like, let's see here, since 2019 with Miami. And it's not like he's been a high on base guy. As a dude who's a backup, who can hit for a decent amount of pop, especially considering Nola has not, he's been awesome this year. Great to see that from him, and I love his hair. Luke Foyt, uh, two doubles in this game, as well as a home run and a walk. Three for five in total. Cronenworth has his two doubles, two ribbies, three for six. Profar gets in on the action as well with one RBI, three for five, and two doubles. A lot of the Padres players just inflated their offensive stats. And they might inflate their offensive stats which is with this upcoming, in just a few hours, uh, series against the Rockies. They might because they're going to be at Coors Field. So that might be a lot of fun to watch for sure. But now, guys, that's basically it to talk about that game again. Weathers is a guy that I know comments and listeners, you might be thinking, well, yeah, I mean, let's trade him. And it's like, yes, but what are you going to be trading him for at this point? What's that value? Unless you traded him last year at the at the, the All-Star break, right, or before then, maybe he had a little bit more value. But the fact that he's, 
I think he actually would have had more value last year as well, even after some stumblings in the second half. I think that this struggling in AAA and then calling him up almost like just because you were super desperate and for him to then struggle there too, I don't know what the heck this guy's value is because he's still young. He's still got some promise, but it doesn't seem like he's anywhere close to being ready, right? So I don't really know if Ryan Weathers is some piece that we can expect to trade in order to get some big-time outfield help. He'll probably be a piece, but he's not going to be the only piece. And I think at one point last year, I think people were saying, this guy alone, maybe you trade him and say, let's just say Nomar Mazar for now, but like a player like that maybe gets you an outfield at bat. I don't know what the heck it gets you right now. Um, But anyway, guys. Let's talk about the start. Uh, Monday's game it was. It looks like it was Monday's game. Let me see. Monday's game, uh, we got to talk about really quickly here. 4-1 win by the Padres. Very, very fun stuff. Profar, really quickly got to mention him. Another double for him and a walk. Jake Cronenworth, 3-4 for four in this game with an RBI. Machado only goes 1-4 for four in this game. He looked a little bit frustrated at some points. The Padres' first baseman, thankfully, maybe he heard my slanderous tweet that I posted uh, the other day. He had two RBIs in this one, including a double. Again, I'm hoping he can be okay, but nonetheless, he has not been so far. Hassan Kim gets a hit in this one. Same thing with Austin Nola. But the story was one you Darvish. Um, and it's funny because I actually got like a comment recently on the on the old tube, on the YouTube. And remember, guys, you can subscribe on YouTube if you like. Um, I got a comment that somebody was basically saying like, He's so biased. Why are you hating on you, Darvish? He's still you, Darvish, and and all these things. And I'm not really hating on you, Darvish. I actually think you, Darvish, has been very solid, especially considering that if you remember in the second half of last season, they really struggled, uh, the Padres, the entire starting rotation. But Darvish was a big thing because everyone's been talking about the sticky stuff, right? Everyone's been talking about sticky stuff, and I can't load all of his stats right now. My phone is a little bit uh, glitching uh, as we speak, but. You know, he's not exactly uh, been in the best light uh, ever since then, right? Ever since the sticky stuff cracked down, he's giving up more hits. He's giving up harder contact. Not that he was always, you know, the best at seeding, you know, what's the opposite of hard? Soft contact. But nonetheless, uh, this year, the reason that I criticized him was because his strikeout rate is significantly lower than even his lowest season. Uh, for context, guys, let me just tell you, he has a 20.5% strikeout rate so far in 2022 the lowest of his career is 27.2 percent so that's a huge drop off and last year even when he struggled he had a 29.2 percent strikeout rate one thing that's helped with him this year is that he's been walking a fewer uh, amount of batters which is nice 6.5 percent last year to five percent um his expected stats aren't too bad i think part of what you darvish maybe we're seeing a transition into a guy who's aging and a guy who doesn't have that same swing and miss stuff necessarily anymore. The velocity is still okay, but maybe the average velocity. Maybe he just wants to maybe take it a tick down. That way he lasts in games longer. That's what I like so far this year, is he's been going deeper into games and not necessarily getting beaten up uh, too much for the sake of getting a strikeout. Um, Aside from that San Francisco Giants game, really the Giants game is the only start this year where I was like, oh my gosh, like this Darvish thing, is this really going to kill us? Instead, he's just looked like a very quality pitcher, not an ace, not an ace, because I think he's been helped by his defense just a tad bit, but a guy that is certainly not going to absolutely kill you. He's pricey. He's pricey. We talked about the contract on previous episodes. 
But if he can just be solid, especially given all the other options that the Padres have, then I'm totally okay with it. And a solid outing like this night's eight innings, one earned run on five hits, no walks, seven strikeouts, moving his ERA to 3.35 on the season. That's one big thing about him, not walking a lot of batters, 0.97 whip. That's probably the most impressive thing. So control, maybe that's his thing. And pitchers have done this before. They transition into the next part of their career and they adjust and say, I can't get the same level of swings and misses. I can't get the same amount of whiffs. So maybe I instead try and make my make myself last just a little bit longer. Just a little bit longer. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, with that said, before we get into the last game and what have you, let me quickly talk to you about the number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. That is, of course... Say it. Go ahead, say it. Say it, listeners. You can say it. That's right. BetOnline.net. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and, of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information. I don't know why I said the basketball championship finals. I forgot that that ended yesterday. Congratulations to the Golden State Warriors and congratulations to all of humanity uh, and all of the United States, especially because I know that we've we know this maybe a little bit more. Uh, Boston, just awful, awful. The, the worst of sports uh, cultures. I mean, you can't root for Boston, right, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, so very happy that they lost. <laughs> no offense to any uh if there's anyone listening on here that's a big Boston Celtics fan, my condolences for the loss. Uh, ben Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information. Like I said, guys, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Ben Online, where the game starts. Let's talk about this last game, ladies and gentlemen. And I actually remembered, look, it's a Friday and I got mixed up because I was recording wrong. Apologies, by the way, for any of my audio listeners. I uploaded the Musgrove episode twice. So that's what you got, actually, uh, Thursday morning, uh, if you were if you were on it that quickly. Uh, that's actually what you got by accident. So my apologies for that. It was a little bit of a recording error on my part. I'm not quite sure how it happened, but nonetheless, it actually was not Wednesday's game that I... Um, showed up to my friend's place uh, late. I thought it was based on the Ryan Weathers thing because I knew that the Padres, uh, you know, they started off slow. And that was the case of one Sean Manaya in this game. In my opinion, his worst start probably of the entire season. Four innings, five earned runs on five, hold on, five earned runs on eight hits, one walk, five Ks, raising his ERA to 3.95. Again, that's the thing with Manaya. I was, this was upsetting because, yeah, if he gives up five runs, but you're usually used to getting like six or seven Ks from him and expecting him to at least go six innings. Aside from Musgrove, uh, he's been really reliable in that regard. Aside from a start against the Dodgers, the Dodgers really killed him. But again, the Dodgers kill everybody, right? But Manaya has just been the definition of like, okay, for the Padres most, for the most part this year. He does get strikeouts and he's not giving up a ton of hits, but when he gets hit, he gets hit hard as evidence in this game. Uh, the Padres were down uh, to start this game. And this is the one that I showed up to my friend. Late four, five, nothing start. And with this Padres team, you're kind of used to that being it, right? You're used to a five, nothing. You're, heck, we're used to like three runs being like almost seeming like an insurmountable amount. It starts off with a Wilson Contreras home run. Oh, and that's right. And then it goes with another Wilson Contreras home run. In fairness, Wilson Contreras is very good. 
probably him, Will Smith, probably the best catchers in baseball right now. I don't know who else I'm missing, really. Um, I know that JTO Rumuta is usually great, but he hasn't been that great offensively so far this year for the Phillies. And then Nico Horner hits a triple. Frank Schwindel, he ends up getting a um, a fielder's choice, and it's 5 nothing. And then, of course, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. This is why I've had the tweet... Uh, if you guys want to go look it up, I, I tweeted, you know, Luke Voigt, replace my <laughs> organs with Rice Krispie Treats. I love doing those tweets where I just beg Padres personnel to kill me in increasingly more absurd ways. I used to do it with Preller uh, because Preller kept making insane trades and I just couldn't believe him that he just kept doing it, right? Like, so it was so nuts. Um, but Preller, of course, has been a little bit in the doghouse lately for Padres fans, it feels like, although I still have some faith. Um, but for this game, it was Luke Voigt because in the top of the sixth inning, that's right, it took a long time, and I believe that I was back by the time of the top of the seventh inning is when I came back, is when I got into my friend's house and I was able to put on the Padres game. But I missed this part, Luke Voigt hitting a home run to make it 5-2, then Nomar Mazzara drives in a run to make it 5-3, and then Hassan Kim drives in a run to make it 5-4. thing on Hassan Kim is I'm a little bit sad in the sense that I thought that we were really getting a plus batter. Instead, we're just getting an average batter, which is still fine, by the way, because Hassan Kim is so great defensively. And since we've had Jerickson Profar step it up, and since Cronenworth is coming back uh, to being his regular self, it looks like, and Manny Machado's been the MVP, it's it's okay. With Hassan Kim, we just needed him not to be a 200 batter with a 260 on base. Right. Instead, right now, as of now, I should probably just check this really quickly. He's batting 226 with a 317 on base, not slugging all that high, which is unfortunate. The four home runs came early on in the season. So if you can maybe cut down on that, I wasn't excited because of a lot of his pulled balls becoming fly balls, especially some at Petco. I thought that maybe that would be his thing, that he could just be like a 15 to 20 homer guy, maybe, uh, that that would be pretty big for the offense. But Kim is still doing Kind of what we need him to do for the most part, even though I really, really was hoping for a little bit more. But um, even still, he does manage to get a run there. And then uh, the next inning, Luke Voigt with the bases loaded. This is when I turn on the TV after there had been some walks in that top of the seventh inning. What alert did I just get? Okay, no, never mind. Um, thought I just got some crazy alert about a Tommy John surgery that scared the bejesus out of me, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but in that top of the seventh inning, it was so fun. After um, what's-his-face, Manny Machado draws the walk. Luke Voigt hits a double. So on top of the home run, he drives in three more bases clearing double. And that wasn't it. First baseman walks, Alfaro walks. Uh, they have to bring in more pitchers. Mazzara gets another RBI. Hassan Kim gets a sack fly. And then later on in the game, another home run from Alfaro. And then another RBI for Grisham. So it was a blast. And I think that it showed you, first of all, the Cubs are really bad. That is something worth bringing up, right? The Cubs are a really bad team. Um, just in I talked about their offense earlier, but they're 23 and 40 right now. In terms of ERA, they're 26 in the league. Batting average against, they're 26 in the league. And then whip walks and hits per inning, they are 24th in the league. Uh, very, very bad stuff from them. There really isn't a positive from that team, which is why I think it's been so frustrating for them, right? I guess the only positive from them is that Kyle Hendricks sometimes looks good. Um, as evidenced by his start against the Padres, five innings, one earned run on four hits, zero walks, six Ks. For some reason, 
He's been good against the Padres. He was awesome against them last time. Nearly threw a per, uh, not a perfect game, but a, a complete game. Eight and two thirds innings, uh, seven Ks, no earned runs for Kyle Hendricks. So he's the only one. But other than that, David Robertson is probably the only plus for them. He's enjoying a career resurgence, one point nine ERA. Of course, they end up hitting that one home run off of him. Jerickson Profar does in the last game. But nonetheless, he's like a good trade piece that you can maybe flip for some prospects at the de- deadline. Um, but other than that. I mean, Marcus Stroman hasn't been very good, and he's on the IL right now, but a 5.32 ERA before then. Um, just, I'm looking all over the place, and I don't really see all that much. I mean, Patrick Wisdom, he can hit for some power every now and then. He's got 12 bombs, but the on-base isn't very good, right? He's just been, it's been really rough. And then you have Ian Happ, right? Ian Happ has been pretty good for them. He's certainly going to be a big, big Big, big time trade candidate for the deadline. He's always been a big on-base guy and hits for a modest amount of power. Seven home runs. He's a guy that the Padres will certainly be trying to target for sure. Uh, 282, 381, 464. That's awesome. So I certainly think the Padres will be going after him. Hayward isn't what he used to be. I think the the lone bright spot of this team was supposed to be Seiya Suzuki. But he, you know, not bad. Overall slash line, 245, 344, 432. That's not bad for a rookie um, in his first year coming from Japan and having to make that. I think we underestimate that. That must be hard, kind of acclimating to MLB culture on top of acclimating to MLB quality pitching. Um, but what happened with him is, first of all, he's on the IL. He's been on the IL since May 26. But he started off incredible, and it was so, so, so fun. No one was talking about it. And then his strikeout rate ballooned to like 38% or whatever, right? So he's going through it. Feel a little bit bad for the Cubs fans. But then again, they got their World Series. And there's still a vibe of like, yeah, we're upset that we lost everybody. And we're upset that we were supposedly going to have this dynasty. I remember that. In 2016, when they win the World Series, it was, oh my gosh, they have Bryant, Rizzo, Javi Baez. They even have Schwarber. And then they have... Who else do they have? They have Jason Hayward at the time when they signed him. He was supposed to be great because he had great defense and had a good offensive season. Um, And then everything just kind of falls apart, right? They don't get the same level of pitching. Arietta, former Padre, uh, doesn't quite have that type of... It seems like he had a a career that just peaked for three years and then that was it. That happens sometimes. So, you know, feel bad for the Cubs. But doesn't matter because the Padres swept them and now sit at an imposing... An imposing 41 and 24 to start the year. They have been phenomenal. In fact, they've been so phenomenal that this is one of the best starts. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is the best start in their franchise history. From just baseball stats and info, at 41 and 24, the Padres have had their best start through 65 games in franchise history. After sweeping the Cubs, they also have sole position of the NL West. For the first time since September 25th, 2010, which might not invoke the best of vibes. If I'm not mistaken, was the 2010 team the one that completely imploded? So hopefully the implosion, we saved that for last year in the second half, right? Hopefully we're not going to have another implosion like that. But nonetheless, I like what I've seen. I like that Profar is stepping up. I like that Hassan Kim has at least stepped up to be an average at bat to complement his great defense. I like that Manny Machado has been Manny Machado. He's been awesome to watch. And now they've got the Rockies coming up. 
uh, at Coors, which should be a lot of fun. Then they've got the D-backs, and then they've got the Phillies. Three straight teams that the offense might still catch fire against, right? I mean, the Rockies don't really have a lot of good pitching. We'll have to see how that shakes up uh, in tonight's game. Um, it is going to be Mackenzie Gore versus Kyle Freeland, which I'm very excited for because every Gore start is exciting. If Gore struggles here, then maybe we'll have a little bit more reason for concern. We'll have to see what happens. But even still, it is in Coors Field. And for rookies, that could be a little bit of a minefield, I think, to navigate through, right? Um, and Kyle Freeland, the offense needs to step up in this game for Mackenzie, right? And then... I believe the game after that, we are going to be getting Nick Martinez. In my opinion, one of the most underrated Padres. Uh, walks a little bit too many batters, but nonetheless, underrated Padre for what his role and expectations were. And then on the last game, Sunday, we've got Blake Snell going, which is going to be interesting. Hopefully his last start that he had. And when she went six innings, he was efficient. He was getting strikeouts. Hopefully uh, that was the beginning of Blake Snell. At least give us Mania quality. That'd be kind of nice, right? We'll see what we get from Blake Snell, uh, guys. But yeah, the good times are rolling, and don't get me wrong, I understand we're we're reaching all-star time, and we're reaching all-star trade time and trade deadline. It's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Hopefully, you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for next week. Maybe going to do some crossovers with my buddy uh, Miller Thomas of Locked On D-backs. Maybe with Connor Thomas. I, I, I don't I don't know. Of Locked On Phillies, I should say. Uh, a lot of, lot of fun stuff ahead, guys. Lots of fun stuff. I'm actually going to be writing about Christian Walker uh, for Just Baseball if you guys want to check that out as well. Should hopefully be able to get that done by the end of the weekend. But with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever your podcast from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Apologies again for the late episode, but... Until next time, stay safe and of course, stay faithful for our faithful homies. Take care! Let's go, Padre! Let's show them how it's done!